coming to you from the pit in Royal Grande, California. Your hosts, John Hackleman and Dr. James Casper. It's time for Pitmaster and the Doc. Hey guys, Pitmaster here. I'm here with the Doc, John, and we are back. The best podcast in the world, and we are back. Um, God, it's, it makes me emotional just to think about it. But we are back. Uh, we're going to talk about UFC 236. Yeah. With uh, Max Holloway against Dustin Poirier as the main event, which lived up... I mean, it didn't even begin... The hype didn't begin to live up to these fights. And there's a big co-main, too. But these fights... Huge. So you watch the fights, what, at a bar? I went to a place... I usually go to a, a place called... Uh, it's it's in... Uh, there's one in Venice, and then there's one in Santa Monica... And it's called, uh, what's it called? I forget the name. I'll think of it in a But second. they had them live? They have them live, but we didn't want to go because, like, we're right in the middle in Santa Monica in a, in a little motel. I love it. It's called the Seashore, and it's on Main Street in Santa Monica. Uh, it's actually Cabo, and they play Cabo Cantina. There's one on Venice Boulevard, and it's like a bar, a sports bar. They serve food, and it's good, but it's a hell of a walk, and there's no parking. And so we didn't really feel like walking there. And they also have a Cabo Cantina at the Promenade, which is on 3rd Street near Santa Monica, which is also a really good place. And you can eat and watch the fights. It's really crowded. No cover. Um, But we didn't really feel like parking and going through all that. So I just wanted to know if there was a place closer. So I just randomly called this place, which, which was like almost directly across the street from us. It's a little bar called uh, Finn's uh, McCall's, Finn McCool's, and it's a Finn McCool's, and it's on uh, Main Street in Santa Monica. And I said, hey, you guys, what, you guys playing the fights? And I was expecting a no, and the guy goes, yeah. I go, yeah, you're, you're showing UFC 236? And they go, yep. And we're showing, the, uh, we're showing the prelims as well. I go, really? What's the cover? No cover. So I was like, is there going to be a line? He goes, nope. So I go there with my wife. It's like right across the street from our hotel, the seashore. And it's like we sit down. They have a great dinner. It's, it's uh, Irish food. We, I had like a corned beef, corn beef and cabbage. She had some kind of stew, obviously. It's uh, Irish. Irish. She had an Irish stew, by the way. And there was TVs all over. And they played the fights. And we sat there, uh, we ate this great food, and there's drinks, and great crowd, and great service. The, the bartender even came from behind the bar, and he, like, moved my table so I had a better view of the, of the fights. I didn't even ask him. I mean, great place, Finn McCool's. So I asked how you watched it, because it was, uh, I think uh, there was some blowback about how people watch this fight because you had to have ESPN Plus, which is a monthly subscription, and then you had to subs- you had to buy the pay per view only through ESPN Plus. You have to have like 
mobile streaming something. You can't just do it through DirecTV anymore or your cable provider. So it is, I think for some people it was a hassle. And even I think of, there was some one of the fighters tweeting out pictures like, I can't figure out how to watch the fights. Um, so it was interesting. So it was, for me it's easy. I had ESPN Plus, but you couldn't go on the app and buy it. You had to like go online on ESPN Plus, buy it, and then you could go to your app and watch it's really confusing i think it's going to get better but it's so i think the only other place in the u.s you can watch it besides espn plus is you have to go to a bar somewhere that buys it yeah and 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 like one of the bars and that's a good point i know this firsthand because i own a business uh one of the bars like right next to the motel before i tried finn mccool's i said you guys showing the fights they go now we only show the free ones we don't do the u.s uh the pay-per-views because while you guys are paying 50 or 60 bucks, a bar or a business, any business has to pay like three to five to ten thousand dollars depending on the occupancy. So like my gym, it was like something crazy like six grand if I wanted to get it at my gym because of the occupancy or the square footage. Um, so and that's because you charge. So a lot of people charge at the door, you know what I mean? So most places don't get it. They just don't. Most places don't get it. Right. Um, so I think it'll change. I think it's in flux, but it's definitely probably limited. The people that wanted to just go watch it easily might have had a few hiccups in watching it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they put on for the first UFC card, pay-per-view card on ESPN+. Plus. put together a pretty good card. Yeah, and they do a special. They did a really good special where you pay 79 bucks and you got the... You got the pay per view for that fight, and you got a year's worth of uh, of uh, ESPN Plus. If you didn't already have it. Yeah, and then if you already had it, what do you get? You just pay for the fight. Pay for it, yeah. So anyway, I went to this place. Luckily, if we didn't go because my wife wasn't really feeling that good, I would just stay in the in in the hotel. Could I watch it on my phone? I think you could have if you logged in on the website to buy it and then went on the app. Wow. I'm glad I went to the bar. I think it'll be better. I did see people talking about it today. I think it'll be better in the future. You'll be able to just buy it on the app, which obviously you need to have. But I couldn't. I couldn't figure it out. So <laughs> there were. You wouldn't have been alone. So let's talk about these fights. Uh, the first fight. Let's talk about the main event. Main event was. Um, the main event was a really good fight. It was Max Holloway and Dustin Poirier two. It was yeah, um, yeah. which. Dustin Poirier won the first one with a inverted triangle, I believe, but or it might have turned into an armbar. I forget, but um, it was it was it was Max Holloway going from one forty five to one fifty five. He's the one forty five pound champion, still is, and Dustin Poirier, who's been hanging around at one fifty five, and that showed right off the bat. the 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 size difference was. Um, I think it was very evident right away. And even more evident was the punching power. And I think the punching power um, was the determining factor of the fight. It wasn't a close fight. It was a competitive fight. And and it went it did go back and forth somewhat, but it went more back and forth in in the favor of Dustin Poirier. Um this is the interesting stat, is significant strikes, or total strikes, and significant strikes, Max Holloway ended up with more. 
Yeah. I didn't realize that watching it. Although in the fifth round, it, I, I don't know. It, it uh, just because he got beat up so much in the first round, Max Holloway. Um, those stats kind of surprised me that Max Holloway actually had more strikes and more significant strikes. What what that why that doesn't mean anything is like in a in in boxing in Olympic boxing you only score with the jab. I mean the jab scores as much as a right hand or a left hook. So you can you can hit the guy with 150 jabs and catch him a left hook and drop him, right? I mean drop him, and the guy gets up. The guy with the the the, the higher number of jabs is going to win. Um, and this this point is, Max Holloway throws punches and bunches and flurries, but he didn't hurt him at all. So a significant strike is one that lands. So he landed them, but then, so for every 20 punches he landed on Dustin, Dustin could just hit him with one hook or one right hand, and he actually did noticeable damage. In other words, like you'd see, forget the blood, I'm not even talking about that, but every punch, almost every punch that Dustin landed, there was a telltale buckling of, of, of uh, Max's knees, or he was, or his body language showed that he was a little bit hurt. I never saw, I don't think, Dustin get rocked. He might have got, he got a lot of punches landed on him. It was kind of, it was kind of a la uh, the Diaz brothers. Just those punches and bunches and a lot of straight punches, but they didn't really have that much on them. So he landed a lot more punches, but he didn't hurt uh, Dustin. Dustin landed a lot of punches as well, maybe not as much as Max, but he hurt Max quite a few times. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, you know what Max Holloway reminded me of in this fight was a Terminator. They, they got, the Terminator would get shot. He would get, you know, any, something that would take down anyone else. He would get knocked down, shot, lose a limb, and then just keep coming. Yeah. Just it, keep yeah. coming forward. He kept getting stopped, but he kept coming forward. He, his cardio is amazing. His cardio is amazing. Um, his chin is amazing. Chin is ridiculous. His heart amazing. is amazing. And his sportsmanship is his sportsmanship uh, is amazing. His skill is amazing. He's an amazing martial artist. His, 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 what do you call went up? His credit went up. His stock, stock went up. Yeah. yeah. His stock went up as a fighter, as a martial artist, as a, as a human. The class he showed before, before, during, and after that fight was amazing. The same with Dustin Poirier. Um, two great martial artists. Great fight to watch. Um, you know what this fight did for me? It just made bare knuckle boxing look that much more silly. <laughs> like this, this fight, you know, there is just a much more multi dimensional fight. Uh, as a fan of of combat sports or MMA, these were really good fights. Yeah. Um. So they were fun to watch, and I think you know Max got that just horrific knee to his forehead, or he had this gash, and the cut man stopped it. I mean, that thing. I'm sure he got a bunch of stitches, but. Yeah, he stopped it pretty good in the corner. I'm like, we could use that guy in the emergency room. Like, <laughs> he was stop the way he could stop bleeding. Yeah, pretty it's, impressive. Yeah, it's called it's called epinephrine. It <laughs> it's very impressive. Yeah, it's very. That impressive. was a guy. That was a cut. You know, he got need, and you could see Max go up to touch. Like, wow, you just need me. He touched his head, and then two seconds later, it was like just gushing out of his forehead. Your face bleeds a lot. There's a lot of blood vessels in your face. And he got cut pretty deep. But yeah. Max showed 
just so much heart and so much skill and so much class after the fight um, that it, I, I thought it was a great a great thing for MMA, a good card for ESPN to show what the sport's about to maybe people that yeah don't watch a lot of this stuff. And and with that said, um, everything we just said about Max holds true for Dustin Poirier as well. Um, showed so much class, so much skill as well. Um, and the determining factor was um, it was the fear factor, basically. Um, I think Dustin Poirier showed the power right off the bat. I mean, he showed he had more power. He rocked. He rocked. Uh, he rocked Max. Max didn't or couldn't rock Dustin. He hit him a lot, but he couldn't rock him. He did not hurt him. So there was no fear factor in Dustin. So Dustin, I'm sure he got tired. He backed up a few times. and But for the most part, he could just march forward without fear of getting knocked out. Like, you'll never see anyone march forward on Mark Hunt. They might circle and try to tag him, etc., but nobody's going to march forward. No one's going to march forward with with uh, with Hendricks, right? No one's going to march forward against uh, Dan Dan Henderson. No one ever marches forward against uh, against McGregor. I mean, when you have that knockout power punch, you give the your your opponent has the fear factor, so he has to plan different things. And there's always a hint of hesitation because he knows if he takes that shot and he catches your punch, he's going to sleep. If he knows if he throws a combination and you catch him one punch, you're going to sleep. So by, by Poye not having that fear factor, he was able to just keep coming forward, 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 and he never got that intimidation uh, by Max Holloway. He got hit a lot, he got tagged a lot, but I don't think... And I think it was the weight class. Uh, I think Max is much better at 45. I don't think he got tagged or hurt at all, so he just kept coming forward, and he didn't respect the power of Max Holloway. He respected Max as a fighter, but I don't think he respected his power. In other words, he just walked right through him. How do you feel as a fighter, though, when you're fighting someone and you hit him with what you've got, and they just keep coming at you? It's, I mean, that's got to be a little bit in your mind as a... As a fighter, I don't know if that's ever happened to you. Probably not. But for Dustin Poirier to hit Max with some clean, clean hits and Max just kept coming was pretty impressive. And it seems like as a fighter, that might be a little bit of a, you know, I think, what I am I going to do to win this fight? I think it was the other way around more. I think the fact when, when, when Dustin did hit him, he saw that he rocked him. So he might not have been able to uh, knock him out, but he rocked him bad. And he knew that. So he knew he was winning on that case. And he still tried for the knockout. And it's frustrating they didn't get it. But even more, like 100% worse, or 100 times worse, was Max Holloway landing buku punches, like tons of punches on, on, on Dustin Poirier. And he couldn't rock him. He couldn't hurt him at all. And that, that is what you call frustrating. Yeah, good fight. Yeah, good, good fight. Great fight. Max, you know, I think when these fighters go outside of their established weight class and they fight outside of their weight class and they lose, I don't think, you know, I think people look at it and go, yeah, he's not in that weight class. Yeah. He he just didn't cut as much weight or whatever. 
Because Dustin looks so much stronger yeah. than Max at that weight class. Physically, just looking physically. And you can see it during the fight. So that was a great fight. Now, talking about a great fight, the semi-main, I didn't think this could have been fight of the night because it was pretty action-packed, Max Holloway and Dustin. But it was never like back and forth where you think who won. With the Gastelum against the Israel fight, there was some doubt who won. I honestly thought that Israel won, but but I could have seen Gastelum winning. Um, but that was it was too right. I think it was fight of the night. Both of them were. That, those were the, the what they gave out. Those wow. two fights were fight of the night. Cool. Okay, that's great. I mean, so all four of those guys got a bonus. And all four of those guys deserve a bonus. But, uh, yeah, Gashlam against... I just thought the fight was much... I think it was more the fight of the night because I think this fight was much more competitive because they rocked each other. Um, they tagged each other, and, and they... And it was weird because they played each other's game very well. Like, Israel stood there and banged with uh, Kelvin Gaslam. Nobody expected that. But and there was a few times during that fight, Israel just dug his heels in and banged. And there was times during that fight where Ke- Kevin Gashlam out-jabbed and out-boxed Israel. So they both beat each other at their own games, and then they beat each other at their games. And it was definitely... That was a better... It was a good fight. I think it was unbelievable. You know, Kelvin Gastelum, he's hard to hit. I mean, he no. he's... He, he, you know, Israel threw all those shots, and a lot of them missed. I mean, his head movement was uh, yeah, great head was movement. impressive. You know who he reminds me of? Uh, he reminds me a lot of Roberto Duran. A lot of Roberto Duran. Kind of built like him, looked kind of like him. Had his came kind of meanness. Roberto Duran just looked like he was right there, and it looked like every, he just kept getting hit. But his, I mean, when you watch it in slow motion, the punch, he rode with the punches. And Kevin, Kevin Gashlam does that too. Kevin, Kelvin, uh, Kelvin Gashlam is a great boxer, Very a great good. wrestler. But his wrestling, his wrestling failed him in this fight. Um, not as, maybe it didn't fail him as much as Israel's anti-wrestling really benefited him. Whatever the reason, the wrestling wasn't as big of, of a factor as probably most people thought it would be. And, and I think most of that had to do with Israel more than uh, Kelvin. In other words, I don't think Kelvin's wrestling really let him down. I think we got to see what a great uh, anti-wrestler uh, Israel is. And that's a nightmare for you wrestlers out there that think you're just going to go in and out-wrestle you know, uh, Israel. Well, what do you think about the reach difference? These guys had a pretty big reach difference, too. I, never, I don't think it's a difference. It's just as far as where he had a... Where he had to engage Israel from. Yeah, I don't, I don't think... I think one of them, Rashad, or someone made a comment after the fight. Like, he was impressed. He goes, I didn't know his little legs could get up so high. He kicked, he threw a head kick at Israel. And that, that was like the biggest... <laughs> I think that was the biggest mistake that he made. Was hurting him with that head kick. Visual, uh, visibly rocking him. And then rushing in. And instead of keeping a little bit of distance... And just trying for the knockout because he had him visibly rocked. He went in for a clinch. He's already been failing with the takedown attempts, not being very successful. 
and he got tied up in the clinch, which gave Israel time to recover. So by the time that was over, uh, Israel was already recovered. I think he should have gone in right away, kept a little bit of punching distance, and just gone in swinging. Whether it would have changed anything, I don't know, but that would have, I thought, been a better strategy. So, what else we got out there? That, that was a great fight. So great before fight. that, uh, what was the one right before? Oh, it was the Eric Anders and Roundtree fight. Yeah. So this was the one they were talking all about, Roundtree going and training in Thailand. Yeah, and the difference is, like, most of the time people go train in Thailand or go to Brazil and do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. They usually come back no better. I mean, like, I know people with Brazilian... I know people with Thai kickboxing coaches and get out leg kicked most of their fights. I mean, I think it depends on the person. But with that said, whatever, whatever camp uh, in Thailand Roundtree went to... Shit worked. I've never seen anyone come back from Thailand so fucking Thai. I mean, he was he so Thai. He did. Yeah, huh? he did. His style is just. He style was so Thai, and it was so successful. It was so freaking successful. It worked. It worked like a charm for him. You know, he he's been kind of on the teetering, you know, back and forth with his success lately. But whatever he did for that last fight worked like a freaking charm, and he late kicked Anders to. Death. I mean, it was painful to watch. Uh, almost as painful as the four knockdowns. But anyway. But he looked amazing, and yeah. I think Eric. I, I don't know what the strikes were on this one. Yeah, it was like, yeah he was. It was so do, such a dominant performance by Roundtree. It's one hundred and sixty six strikes to thirty eight. So. But it's the stock again for Anders and his takedowns were all unsuccessful. Um, but it showed how tough those leg kicks being dropped, like he got dropped four times. Um, he, he got leg kicked probably 8,000 times inside his legs, outside. He was getting tore up, but he did not quit. He had no quit in him. Eric Andrews is just tough as fucking nails. That was, that was... That was not a good fight to watch. It was painful to watch, but it showed it showed how much uh, progress a Roundtree made. I mean, just unbelievable progress, and it showed how fucking tough Eric Anders is. So, bang. I think Roundtree just brought a skill set that Eric Anders or whatever. It just maybe it was a different look than he was expecting from Roundtree with his tie training, but. I don't know. It seemed like uh, it was just he was up against a lot against Roundtree. Yeah. he looks so good. Roundtree looks so this great. Is, this fight. is MMA, though, guys. You got to be able to defend the boxing, the kickboxing, the karate, the MMA, the 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 takedowns, the submissions. I mean, it is such a complex sport. I mean, just when you think you know it all, something else comes like this Roundtree. Roundtree, fucking Muay Thai Roundtree. He's like Fairtex. He's like fucking Muay Thai. He's like, he's probably saying Swati Cop eating fucking Pad Thai right now. Unbelievable. Great, great, great performance by him. Great show of toughness by uh, Eric uh, Anders. Who else we got? There's, uh, there's Joe Ban and Grant fight and then the OSP fight. Cry 
Yeah, not much to talk about. The only thing I can say about Jaban, he followed him around the uh, around the cage. Just followed him. It's like, you know, it's like it was so close. It could have gone either way because Grant was landing while running away or by circling, and 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 Allen was being the aggressor, but he was just following him around the cage. He didn't cut it off once. So it was kind of a boring fight. Uh, I think it could have gone either way, but it, it was that's what it was. Owen St. Peru, um, man, I wanted to see him get this one, but um, he didn't. He got he got choked out, and uh, uh, it was it just showed that he's like right there on the tip of 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 making it in whatever weight class he wants to be in. I think he's been eighty five, two hundred five, and Heavyweight. He looks good at 205. Yeah, he just... He's just, like, right there. I just... I thought he had this one. He didn't. He got choked out, so... That was a brutal choke out. He was, like, gasping for air and, like, gurgling as they choked him out. It was, it was bad. It wasn't good. So, it was a good card, though, guys. So, I mean... I don't know. I liked it. And uh, it was ESPN Plus's first pay-per-view... I think it was a huge success. Next fight coming up is Overeem against some Russian, and then and then uh, I'll be at the next one in uh, in uh, I'll be in Florida, Fort Lauderdale. I'll be in Global Teixeira's corner. Um, fighting Kutalaba. Kutalaba, gonna be interesting. Course Cor- fighting too. Cormagee's fighting. Yeah, he's somewhere on there. Yeah, he's in the he's in the prelims. Oh, and oh Sanders. Sanders. Where's go? Oh, is he in the? He's in the. He's in the first fight. He's on the first fight of the. What is that? Is that the Facebook whatever? Do they still have that Facebook thing. No, it's early prelims. It's probably it's on ESPN Plus. Okay. That's gonna be early. Oh man, early, early, Jim early Miller. Fight. Wow. Okay. Jim Miller's on. It's gonna be a good. It's gonna be a good one. Okay. So that's in two weeks. That's in two weeks. I will be there live, guys. So you're gonna be there all week with training. I'll be day. there all week training with uh, Glover and. Uh, We'll be reaching out to you guys, so whether you're on our podcast or you're watching me on my Facebook or you watch me on my Instagram, I will be there talking to some of the fighters, and, and I, we will do our podcast, uh, I don't know, we'll do it Monday when I get back, but I'll be, I'll be doing some videos from there for you guys behind the scenes. So you guys let me know if there's anything you want me to ask any of the fighters or any anything you want to see from... From behind the scenes in uh, in Fort Lauderdale, uh, Florida, and I will give it to you. I think also the other thing that came out of these fights this weekend was the next fights because there were two interim titles that were won, and so the lightweight title, <coughs> Poirier is going to fight. What's his name? Khabib. Makes no sense. Why? Why was that a? Why was that a? I mean, why was that an interim? Why isn't Khabib the champ? I, I don't know. Because he's suspended. Yeah. Until September for the. So they put it up for okay. So they put that one up for. So if they're gonna suspend him, either strip him of his fucking title or, what does the interim even mean? It's such a game because the other one, um, was just was just a straight up title, right? No. I mean the I mean the. Uh, Both of them were interim titles. Right. The other one. Was because Whitaker was hurt in the hospital with right. a hernia. So that made no sense because 
Why would you already do an interim title fight? Right. Why not just wait? Like from two months ago. He's fucking injured. Why does he just come out of? I mean, they're give, they they were like holding the title for, for Conor McGregor for like fucking eight years, and then all of a sudden fucking. Uh, I, but what comes out of it though? Who cares about the interim title? Is the next fights? The next fights are Dustin Poirier's fighting Khabib. Well, I'll tell you what matters. It matters because it diminishes the title because. But, but it's a different title. They call it an interim title. I know. So what? Why? Why not just, just say it's a fight? Or, you know, or uh, whatever. Okay. So it's an interim title. Whitaker's going to be back to claim fight. his title. I and think. to fight, yeah. to fight Israel. Yeah. So. That should be an interesting fight too. Yeah. I don't know when that's going to happen, but. So that's that. I mean, it was it was a good card. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about this interim title shit, but it was that was a really good card. It was really ESPN Plus, I think is is head and shoulders above Fox, as as we are right now. That's that's what I think. Um, all right, one thing I want to talk about real quick before we finish is if you're a traditional martial artist, congratulations. I love traditions. I wear a gi, I wear belts, we, do, we have belt ceremonies, we bow in, we bow out. There's a lot of traditions that I, I'm crazy about and I think belong. But if your traditions at your school are outdated, okay, and they don't work anymore, fucking get rid of them. A tradi- tradition, a, the traditions of your school can make your school great. Or they can fucking make your school terrible. So you have to realize and you have to take stock of your traditions. Like, do you like the traditions you have? Are they bringing your students down? Are you spending too much time on things that are just stupid? And when you, and you can't even explain it. If you can't explain something in your own mind, right, except by saying, well, it's tradition. Like, if I ask you, why do you do this? strike in your curriculum it means nothing right why do you do that strike and you just go eh, part of the tradition but you're wasting your time doing it that's fucked up and you need to get rid of it now if i ask you why are you wearing the gi right i say because i think it's it's a great tradition it's it keeps the camaraderie going it it shows who we are our patch separates us from other gyms um and i think it's great to work out in Okay. It's harder. Yeah, it's harder to work <laughs> out. It's harder, that's for sure. I actually you think... You got married in one. I got married in a freaking gi. You hiked gi. up Madonna in a hundred degrees in a gi. I did. And I think a gi is a great tradition. I think the bowing, showing respect is a great tradition. I'm just Sh- thinking about this, wondering if we did surgery by tradition. <laughs> We'd be still using uh, ether. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, tradition. Oh, it's the tradition. It's tradition. I, I go out and spend fucking three hours milking my, making fuck churning butter... Can't, don't have time to do anything else, including pay, make my mortgage. And you say, why are you doing that? Tradition. Tradition, just for the sake of tradition, is stupid. Tradition, if it adds to your brand, if it adds to your culture, if it adds to your, your, your business, it's great. But if it doesn't, fucking get rid of it. It's just bringing you down. On that right? note, next time. Bang. See you next time, John. All right, perfect.